Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment. This week, we are coming from you at the Chandler House. That's right. So we have Nick and I um, and Jim Parkin. That's right. How's it going? And we are pioneering. <laughs> we, Backwards. We are, like reverse pioneering. <laughs> no, this is great. No, we started off in um, Jim and Carrie's basement recording, um, starting off our podcast that way. And this past year, we have been so incredibly blessed to be able to be producing out of um, Freedom Center's uh, studio, which has been incredible. Um, but for these couple weeks, we're yep. just kind of put measures in place to kind of keep it safe and not add to the crazy scheduling of things and stuff. So um, this has been kind of fun. It's, it is in a weird way. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that this sort of stuff, I guess. You know, everything's different and you got to be a little careful and it's just, there's rules. Everything's heightened. But when you expect things to go one way. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about expectations. Yeah. And mainly specific to the first responder community. Yeah. You know, um, military, talking to veterans, it's typically, it is what it is. Now, with that said, in my generation of military, it was very different because there was no real wars being fought. There was Desert Shield and Desert Storm, but all that stuff came and went. While I was in basic training in AIT. But then after, you would go into and have one MOS. Then you'd get to your permanent duty station. And they'd say, I know you're this, but in this place, you're going to be this job over here. And that might put you working with the mechanics or make you in charge of fuel and oil or whatever. So that was an example of you thought it would be one way. But then as it turned out. It was a different way. In the EMS world, it's very much, that's a huge place where everybody thought it was going to be one thing. And then you get trained and you get your license and it's com- not really that thing. Right. Well, I imagine that if you, it's an industry in a field that's very hard to describe right. to somebody before they get in it and see it. You know, I, I think in some other ways it's, it's hard to describe you know, a car accident and the whole realm of what that entails with somebody right. hurt until you really see it. You know, it's it's hard to describe an ER when you're doing, you know, it's just, those are things that you really don't know until you experience it. Right. Um, and you can't really go off what you see on TV, right? <laughs> but that's the thing, though, because that's what everybody does. That's what everybody does. Yeah, everybody. You know. <clears throat> how, many, how many people go in the medical field? that base that off like the tvs or whatever like hey you know this is why i'm doing it because i like this show or whatever like i know it sounds like a dumb question but you actually did legitimately get some people that i want to be DD, make that de- i want to be house you know, you know right. and that- so you know that later on in the topic that'll we'll bring that back around because that proves to be a problem but like for me for sure i'm a post 
you know, I was in the military and all that, then I had civilian jobs, and then I was toying with the idea of going back or getting out of fire department. And at the time, living in Grand Blank, it was, uh, it was paid on call, so which just means you have a pager or a radio at home, and when there's a call, they call you, then you go to the fire station and jump in your gear and jump on the trucks and go do your thing, and then that's that. So I got involved in that, and the day I went for my interview to get hired in was 9-11, and mass chaos, right, for our country. Yeah. Towers falling down, first responders are like highly prominent in the news media and everybody. So, But yeah, so you get the idea that it's going to be one thing. You know, then be an EMT. Okay, it seems cool. I'll do that. And... And then again, you're going through training and these guys that your instructors are telling these war stories and it's incredible, all these calls and it seems so glamorous, you know, sexy for the lack of a better word. It's just going to be this thing. And then there's, at the time, the big show on TV was Third Watch and all this cool calls. And then, you know, fast forward to now, Chicago Fire and all these amazing things. These just amazing calls they go on where like somehow there's a car hanging by just one tire off the fifth floor of a parking structure in downtown Chicago then it gets hit by a plane that's flying out of control then it lands in the river and all these right? Right. No. That never ever ever happens. I'm sure cars would crash through the barrier on a parking structure maybe but all those things together you know, when, oh my goodness, this guy was a bad guy and there was plutonium in the trunk and now it's a crossover with Chicago PD. Look what happened. You know, it's just not like that. Th- those are carefully orchestrated 30 yeah. minutes, 40 minutes of, of entertainment where a story unfolds. Right. There's beginning, there's development, there's the characters, there's the problem, there's the whole climax, the, the everything at the yeah. very end and it everything all comes that, together. Right. And it's just, that's not how it really spins. No, that's not how it really spins. It's like beyond that too, there's in the EMS world, especially private service EMS world, there's, there's other things in play. There's people that need to go to dialysis and they need to go by ambulance. And that's not glamorous. That's really taxing. It's, it's more mentally spending than you can imagine because people are, they're sick, but they're, angry about being sick right. and they sometimes take that out on the crew and there's older people they're just lonely so they call all the time or they you know they tip over off their walker all the time and they need you to go pick them up right. all the time and there's you know and there's just people in our country especially are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and we're just expected to just go pick them up you know and it's all of that. And there's the way billing needs to be done and charting needs to be done. And that's the reality. And then you get into it, right? And now you're finding that... There's a lot of dirty work. There's a lot me. more involved. Than you mean there's paperwork involved? Oh, oh my gosh. Serious. I never saw that on TV shows. I never once saw paperwork. Except when the doctor comes in with his clipboard. Right. <laughs> but it's, you know, those, those are the realities. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just not always as that people thought it would be. But, you know, there's also a lot of amazing things that happen. There right. are, but... So the problem is, is that it, we as humans, when we run into situations that are not turning out the way that we expected, 
not favor favorably because if it turns out better than what we expected, like great, it's mm-hmm. even better than what I thought. But when it's harder, more difficult, more painful, less than what we had expected, then that's where it's <laughs> we start throwing that fight, right? Like right. this, this isn't what I wanted, and I think that becomes either something that we adapt to. Um, something that we can grow and change from or I think that's something where we, we, we can make it some it's everybody else's problem it's, it's right. something that I you, yeah. you know what I'm saying like well it's easy how people rectify you know it's easy too because it's a so we have all those things going for or against us you know um, but then also we live in a victim mind tech culture you know and like before we went on the air I said there's a lot of currency in that Right. You know, like Pastor has said before, it's the victim who's always got the loudest, most strongest voice in the room. Right. You know, and it's... But when the victim is going and responding to the victim... Right. <laughs> right. You know, that that's where we can cause a lot more problems there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and both need to be treated. Right. You know. Oh, there's two. This, that's an interesting thing. <clears throat> uh, interesting. I thought there, because there's also... So we're comparing victims, Right. So that's what we're doing. We're comparing victims. And if, so you have somebody who's going through stuff. They're going through stuff and it's tough. And it's difficult. Maybe they're a single mom. And they're barely scratching the surface of trying to make ends meet. Maybe. But now they're caught up in this EMS world that's, you know, this is, for my company at least, we spend the most of our time in Flint. Okay. And yeah. people are struggling. And there's, you know, there's... All this stuff is just piling on and piling on and piling on. Now, on the side over here, our young new EMT has this stuff going on in her life, but has to always maintain their focus and do that thing and take care of that person. And they'll never know that at that very moment, she's got some, you know, some crisis. Right. So it's, you know, to be fair, it's, it's a weird balance. But... It's completely unhealthy for the EMT or the paramedic to be so caught up in what they have going on and so hyper-focused and everybody's out to get me. Right. Because we have enough pressure from just the job we do. But it's just weird. It's a weird, weird, <clears throat> weird industry. When I was going through getting ready to be done with my medic program and I was getting super excited all the things I was going to be able to do and how to level up my patient care and you had to intubate and IVs and give meds and stuff like that. A guy, an old <laughs> grizzled up paramedic came in and said, you will use your paramedic skills approximately 8% of the time. He said the rest of the time will still just be hand-holding and people, conversations. People skills. And people skills. Yeah. And I was like, I have to be real here. It's just like all the way down to my sales. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Crap. Crap. What did I think was going to happen? So were you one of those people, you know, as I say, hurting people hurt people. So were Um, you... Me, initially? Yeah. Yeah. And and when I say hurt, not like physically, physically, just, you know... I kind of had that chip on your shoulder, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that was a thing, too, right? So you said said earlier that people want to be like house. And people... 
in EMS land, sometimes still, they want to be like house. They want to have that. Do you think it's the nature of the type of person that needs to, like, do well in the medical field? Like, they need to have that confidence? Do you think that that's part of it? The personality type that gets into Maybe. EMS and stuff? Maybe. Because I feel, I feel like there's got to be that little bit of confidence you, you got to have in. a little bit of swag yeah you, you have to you got to know that in my opinion in my own opinion in my reality i am the goat i'm the greatest <laughs> of all time in our county i don't know if anybody would agree but for me i claim it when people young emts and paramedics say words i mean you know who you're talking to <laughs> like what and people want that. They don't want you to be uneasy and unsure of yourself and stuff like that. I wouldn't want someone come and take care of my family who seemed unsure. Right? Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. But we're not necessarily talking about confidence of, no. like, I know what I'm doing. I'm right. going, in, you know, we're, we're talking about somebody that's unwilling to even listen. Right. That's being prideful and stubborn. Right. And, and like, over and beyond. What's interesting and largely, so when I was coming through, I started to notice that kind of the expectation was that you treated people horribly, especially in the city. Like everybody was lying. Nobody's really sick. It's all BS. You know, and then, so coming up, you start, you hear that, and that's how you're trained, and that's what you believe. Then that's how you treat people. Um, a couple weeks ago, we did an episode. I told Dina, I told them that I would actually go into people's houses, and they'd have a pack of their rescue puffer inhaler. would be on their Newports. And they'd be trouble breathing. And I'd be like, okay. So I went from one end of the county to the other end of the county, lights and sirens, for your trouble breathing, but your like self-breathing treatment with a like a menthol cigarette right now. Is that still the norm? No, because now what's really the more prevalent thing, what's more normal now is kids, I can... Well, I'm 50. I can say kids. <laughs> yeah, you can call well, they me come through. You know, they come through and they do EMT and or paramedic. And they're doing it so they have actual, like, clinical, patient clinical hours. Right. They, patient care time. Right. So that when they apply to their PA program or their med school, you know, they have legitimate time in the field. They've done legitimate. Which I think is great. Patient skills. And they're clinicians already. And they know how that stuff works. Right. So for the most part, we're seeing young people come through and they're coming through for a reason and it's going to be a stepping stone. And that's cool because none of them want to screw up anything because they need for me or someone, whoever, when they're trying to get into this program to Just write a letter yeah, okay. and say, yeah. yeah, they're legit. So it's, cool. so it's, it's, good. it's very much different now. You know, there's not so much a career thing. I wouldn't say, aside from if you're going in the fire service, that's an option. Okay. Be a paramedic and firefighter at like kind of full-time professional department. Um, it's just, I don't think it's as exactly as people think it is. There's just, like I said, there's just so much more to it than what they told us. It's, you know, it's very much a thing where, man, they said be an EMT, they said it'd be awesome, and then, and now we're here, and it's just... How many people stick with the job, though, when they realize it doesn't fulfill their expectations? Um, now, it's easier for people to leave. Back when I started, and we were working on, we had 24-hour shifts, so I worked three days a week. 
you know, third, like, what would that be? 72 hours. So you had like 30, 30 hours of overtime? Yeah, 32. That's crazy. 32 hours of overtime each week. And then plus you get a little shift premium if you did enough transfer work. Okay. And stuff. It was pretty cool, but... So harder to get out as far as because the pay was pretty... Because it was super easy. So a lot of guys, like fire guys do, a lot of guys would do that, then have a side hustle. So it's just... And the difference, too, throughout the years, like billing is different. So it makes... then there's So there's that pressure. There's the pressure of, of you do like six or eight calls a day and all those calls have to be charted and turned in because you obviously have to bill you know, for patient care to pay for the company to survive. And it's just, none of, they didn't tell you any of that. (laughs) Never said there's going to be actual work at this work, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a lot of it. That's where a lot of the struggle comes in is it was, you thought it'd be one way, but it's not that way. And it's not a job that just ends. It's not where, you know, like my shift is 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., but 5 p.m. a lot of times ends up being 6 or 6.30 because people's emergencies don't line up with their schedule. No, they don't follow the same clock. No. I mean, it's, you know, not always. Sometimes. Sometimes right. it's, you know, it's usually pretty good, but there's just all sides of outside <laughs> pressure. Like in several episodes that we've done on this, for this podcast, we've talked about dispatchers and dispatchers are, you know, so will always be there'll always be some type of struggle there, but but I think that's any job really. Yeah. Right? I mean Yeah. I think or just having nobody wants like like we say, like people just want to be known. Yeah. And people wanna be loved and people wanna be appreciated and they can say they don't or they don't care, but that's nonsense. Everybody likes it when someone says good job. Everybody wants to be treated with love and respect. Yeah. That's yeah, and the feeling that you're not being way heavy, and yeah. then, and that can lead to to bad decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, and for us, it's, it's super it's disconnected, right? Because we have our dispatch office and our management team is all at our headquarters at Hill Road. The rest of us come in, get our rigs, get our equipment, and leave. So there's kind of a dis- disconnect amongst the players. Yeah. Um, and so it sometimes seems like things are happening and it's out of our control. And a lot of times it is, but we don't need, don't have to be privy to everything that's going on. That's you know, true. people would desire to know everything, but there's reasons to not that our management and owners don't tell us everything, but there's just all kinds of things playing into this, you know, and then of course there's the calls and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. So the, I, th- I think it comes a lot down to the mindset that we choose to have. Yeah, for so sure. We can either <clears throat> complain about everything or try to be intentional and purposeful in the impact and the position yeah. that we do have. Because um, at the end of the day, everybody that works in EMS, everybody that's a first responder, you know, the whole, the whole slew of it, ER, dispatch, all of it, has incredible, crazy impact into the lives of other people. And right. that one conversation, that one connection, all of that matters, like every moment of it. Um, 
so the more you can spend that to know that like what you're doing is intentional and purposeful and, and, and valued. I think people need to know that they have a lot of value to give. And if they're coming from a broken place and they don't really believe that, then they're just going to kind of spit junk all the time, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if people are doing a hard job, but they, but they know who they are, they know that they're doing good work and they have good people around them that are like, they've got good community then I think that sets us up to be able to weather stuff, right. you know, but I think, absolutely does. but folks that are still struggling and trying to figure all that out, I, I think are going to keep struggling to try to figure that all out, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because we've talked about this on different episodes, but the idea of post-traumatic stress and how that plays. Oh yeah. 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 And, and something I've been looking a lot into and, and reading up on and studying up on is the idea that Culture nowadays, everyone has to have their things to kind of glom onto. To like, and society has decided for all of us that all of us are that do our veterans or our first responders are just ruined. Whereas mentally, and some people do have significant post traumatic stress. I would never take right. that away from people. Right. But you know, sometimes we can just hang. Sometimes we were created for these days doing this kind of job. And sometimes we don't have post-traumatic stress and can just work through it and flourish. Right. And live, you know, live enthusiastic lives. So I think it's dangerous. It's a danger to get so caught up in the idea that you have, I have this thing, I have this identity of a broken person that just to pile another thing on to an already difficult, frustrating, if you let it be job, just super dangerous. I just hope that we can start moving and like turning a corner from um, of self-proclaimed brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, you know, a lot of it comes from very, like you are saying, it comes from very legitimate places. You know, oh, folks yeah. have, have come out of devastating family circumstances, devastating like divorces or just growing up sucked, you know, like right. whatever that looked like, maybe... Um, family member passed away. Maybe, you know, this happened to, you know, there's so many things that are legitimate, hard, terrible things that we have to endure in this life. And so it's, I think, I'm, you know, you're saying that careful balance of on the one hand, it's not that these things don't matter, but at the same, you know, on a very delicate balance of that is, um, that's not the totality of your life either. Right. Um, and, you know, some folks are wondering if like, is this crap going to be, the best I'm going to get in this life, you know, and there's this frustration right. of like hoping for a better tomorrow type thing. Am I really going to find somebody that doesn't treat me like crap? Am I going to really find, you know, like right. the things that they're looking for, Will you I know, ever get over this financial. Yes. Problem? Yes. Will I ever get over, you know, <clears throat> the stuff that has happened to me, right. you know, like all this stuff. Will I ever get off of being addicted to whatever I'm addicted to, you know, like all these things they are legitimate stuff. And I, I would say a resounding. Yes, <laughs> there is right. hope. Right. Um, but folks aren't quite there yet, depending on the day, you know? And so, you know, it's yeah. a tough spot to be in, you know? It is. You know, I would just say, you know, for our listeners, I know I've been through some stuff myself, you know, both at work and not at work. But, yeah, there is hope. Things do get better. It's a stupid cliche that old dudes say, but when they say this too shall pass, I just... <laughs> yeah. 
usually why I nutmeg people when they say that. I'm like, dude, shut it. But it's true. We'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah, Things will change. There'll be, everyone has seasons and they, sometimes seasons are rougher than others. And, you know, sometimes people see, like, I know there's people that work with it, see me and see where we live and see where I am now and (laughs) make the, uneducated assumption that I've never struggled through anything. <laughs> you know, like it has always just been, just been, but you don't just even know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just been berries for me. And that's the furthest from the truth, but there's just seasons that people go through, you know, and there's hope. Yeah. And there is, you know, there's faith. A lot of people still, a lot of people listen and they aren't quite ready to hear that. Right. You know, but it's facts. Sorry. Well, no, I sorry, heard a, a speaker say this past year too that your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Right. You know, so if you're always thinking these ten thoughts all the time, you know, at some point you you have to decide is is this the reality that I want to keep playing out? Right. You know, because you could have a completely different reality with none of your circumstances changing. You know, but over time, I believe that they would change because, right. you know, you view view the world differently, you know. So th- there's so much we can control and yet at the same time, so much that we can't, you know. And so um, there is so much truth, though, to, to being willing to look at things from a, a little bit different perspective and point of view, too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Nick, do you have any wise words for the last 30 seconds of this podcast? <laughs> No? <laughs> no, you got something. I mean, He's always got something. No, you might right. know a little something about rough seasons. <laughs> if you want, look back about three episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I'm sorry, a little quiet on this one. My allergies are kicking in, and I took a Benadryl, people, so <laughs> I kind of went MIA on this one. Maybe it may, may not be um, a little falling asleep over here, but <laughs> but no, not with. Seriously, all said said and done, like, you're right. I think through all this, you know, there are seasons, things will pass, um, and just the expectations of things where it's just not in the medical field. It's just life, you know. And I think That's a lot true. of people get down on that, like, well, our expectations were to be here at this certain point in life or yeah. to do this at a certain point in time, and it really lets, you know, and I was one of them, you know. I, I thought I'll be at a certain place at a certain age and I wasn't, you know, so, um, you know, so it's really just the old lemon idea, you know, just make lemons and lemonade. (laughs) I think people will just get, they get their focus in the right direction and sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard to, I mean, I, from experience, it's hard to, and everything is sketchy. So, to then have to come back and try to put a happy face on So what would you say to all those people right now that are truly looking to go into the medical field or specifically, you know, EMS? So should... What, what's the real deal, Joe? What's, what's the real deal? The real so, deal. So, so I, not just, like, not words of encouragement or whatever. It's just... Well, what is that, it really like? Yes. What is it really like, the expectations of it, and can you handle this? So don't, if you think you're going to be coming into this and all of a sudden you're going to be bitter and treating people and not doing a good job, right. you know, you're done kind of thing. Um, right. Do you want to be around people 
at their worst moment. That's the thing. If you can, honestly, you want to help people so badly that you don't mind seeing them after they've been on their floor all night and have soiled themselves and have genuinely, generally terrible attitudes and they're going to blame you for the fact that they were on the floor and soiled themselves. And that's going to be the call a strong 80% of the time as compared to the 20% where you is as seen on TV. Then, there's, there's a commercial for you. <laughs> then, then perhaps this is for you. But if you can't, if you just don't really like being around people, find a job where you don't have to be around people. You can be in healthcare. You can do research, work in a lab, be a pharmacist. There's all sorts of things. There's different things you can do where you don't have to be right next to people. That's what I would say. And right. it's not anything like you thought it would be. And go for a ride-along. <laughs> and there's another option. Find someone and go for a ride-along. Like with me, for yeah. example. Yeah. There you go, people. Cool. I love it. So, all right. Cool. Well, catch us out on all the socials. Check yep. live stream. Um, if you're not already following Freedom Center Church on Facebook, um, follow them so you can catch live stream for churches on Sundays while we are currently on coronation. <laughs> um, but the same network we have all the Freedom Center. Line. Yeah, all you need is the line. Oh, geez. You have to cut that one out. We digress. No, it's okay. Um, but we have the other <laughs> podcasts on the same network, the morning after, um, the, the breakdown of the sermons and all that jazz. Yep. All right. Cool. That's it. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>